This podcast is brought to you by journalism.co.uk. We bring you the latest jobs from across the media and communications industry. Our job of the week is Director of Media Information and Journalism Programme for Open Society Foundations. For this opportunity and more, visit our jobs board on www.journalism.co.uk forward slash jobs. Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Each week, we bring you the most interesting conversations from around the media industry. This week, we are drilling down into what engaged journalism really means and the business case behind it. The word engagement has become something of a buzzword in journalism, a good idea without specific examples and without much detail on whether or not it pays. Today, we put that to the test as we are joined by Leon Frischer, incoming director of Crowd Reporter, a cooperatively owned publication from Germany with a focus on engaged journalism. It's great to have you on the podcast, Leon. Let's start with a quick introduction of who you are and what you do with Crowd Reporter, please. All right. So, yeah, I've been um, basically with Crowd Reporter, I've been a project lead um, on a project that was funded by the European Journalism Center. Um, which is basically evolving around the issue of trust in engaged journalism and in our news organization. Um, and now I've finished that um, a couple of months ago. And in the meantime, I've been a Google News Initiative fellow with uh, Spiegel, which is a, uh, a German, another German news outlet. And I'm rejoining Crowd Reporter soon um, as one of the two directors of the Crowd Reporter Corporation. Sorry, cooperative. So for the for those that don't know about Kraut Reporter, can you tell us a little bit about how that works uh, and, and the Kraut Reporter model in terms of how it's funded as well? So I think um, one of the key things uh, about Kraut Reporter is that um, the journalism uh, that we do is sort of a, of the more slow kind. So Kraut Reporter does more explanatory journalism and long-form pieces. So we don't really write about the newest developments, um, for example, in, you know, things such as Donald Trump's impeachment, but rather we write about the history of what impeachment is and how it works. Um, and then the, the other sort of interesting bit or, or differentiating factor with Crowd Reporter is that it's a membership model. Um, that is, it's financed solely by readers or members, as we call them, um, and we work with, with them and that sort of has um, yeah several implications for the way we work, um, but most importantly, it means that we just yeah we're financed by our readers, so we don't have any ads, um, and uh, yeah, it's the readers that we really very much report to, and then also we're a cooperative that is we're also owned by our members. Right, and and you operate on this form of engaged journalism, right? Right. So these terms, engaged journalism, audience engagement, have become. A bit of a buzzword uh, in journalism where we've kind of lost sight of what it really means. I'd like to drill into your working definition. What does engagement mean to you, Leon? So I think uh, when we think about engaged journalism, um, which is what we do, we have to first start with our sort of conventional journalism, right? Where every story ends with the readers. That is, the reader only is exposed to the story and gets to see, you know, the end of a long process. Uh, Engaged journalism, on the other hand, um, does very much also start with the reader or takes the reader along the whole process of the generation of a piece that we will publish. Uh, so, if I, for example, if we do election reporting at Crowd Reporter, we do it in an engaged way, which will be that 
before the election, we'll ask our readers, what are the topics that you care about in this election and that you want us to do reporting about? And then so, sort of that's sort of our starting point. And then we'll do um, the research also hand in hand with our readers. Um, and then, you know, in the end, of course, a reader will also or members will also get to read the piece that results from this. But um, we take the reader, we involve the reader in every step of the process um, in the generation of an article. Um, so it's very much what I would call uh, for us member-centered uh, process. Uh, we write about what our members want to know about um, and not what we think our members and readers want to know about. And in that sense, we, we sort of create an accountability, right? Which is which is also just simply due to the fact that, you know, we, we're, we're paid by them and they're, they're, they're our owners in some way and the people that we, we report to. Um, and I think... It's 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 very important because you rightly said you know it's it's kind of a buzzword to sort of drill down on what that exactly means concretely. For us, that means that our authors you know communicate with our members. They are present in the comment section. They won't disappear after an article is published. Um, it also means that we use our members as sources because we know they have expertise and that's what we use. Um, they will have members you know. Uh, writing content from time to time. We've uh, just recently had a piece by one of our members, which was an opinion piece on uh, the SPD, one of the biggest parties in Germany. Um, we have research groups, which consist of members. Um, and uh, one of the main things that we do is we do surveys among members to know, to sort of get a better grasp um, on what members are interested in and to sort of source their expertise on a topic. How how big is your newsroom? How how many people have you got working with Crowd Reporter to to pull this off? Uh, well, you know it differs. We have people who come on board working for us uh, from uh, time to time. Um, right now, we have uh, sort of the core team is uh, so I would say six to six to eight people, and then you know on a, on the wider team is probably something to from like. Let's say fourteen to eighteen people. Yeah, yeah, but it differs. Yeah. So it, it's not a huge project then, by any stretch of the imagination. It's fairly, fairly small. We're fairly small, but uh, steadily growing. I'd say. Well, the, the point I'm trying to reach is that it's possible to do this even if you don't have huge resources. Is that is that true? Yeah, yeah. We've talked a lot in the industry widely about you know the expanding skill set of journalists. The more they have to do in these digital times, is engagement in this depth you know, an additional burden for reporters and editors to think about? Does it slot in naturally or is it a case of newsrooms really expanding out and producing dedicated positions to, to pull this off, you think? So it's not extra work. It's not sort of an extra burden, I would say. But what it definitely means, and that is something that is, I think, the main obstacle, main obstacle if you move towards engaged journalism is that it changes your work. We come from a world where traditionally reporters are, you know, rather something something like preachers, you know, um, where you, you, you preach to, you know, your choir, your audience. And now, you know, as a reporter, you'd rather be something such as, um, you know, a conversation starter. That's what we call our reporters, actually, because, you know... Um, your research isn't just done by yourself, but you always have to do that or you will be doing that with the involvement of your community, of your members. Um, and uh, so that and that simply requires a certain, you know, a certain kind of openness. 
um, you'll be present in the comment section. And that's not something that reporters are used to. So essentially what I'm trying to say is that I think the skill set is very much the same. We still need journalists. We still need people who can write and do research and um, and check sources and all the kinds of stuff. Mm. But you have to have a different sort of mindset and culture in your newsroom. Um, and I think that's very important. Um, I don't think that it requires or I, I always advocate for the idea that, you know, it doesn't require additional hiring in terms of, you know, have another... Uh, membership or community editor but rather and I think that's important that everybody sort of embraces the idea of doing work with your community because that's what it's about and I think what newsrooms traditionally do is they outsource this to like the community work to you know some few people in the newsroom and you know that might be necessary at a certain size that you have somebody who's you know only devoted to community But it very much involves everybody, and that's very important to us. And we've seen this with, um, you know, the work that our reporters do. That we need people, uh, that people need to be aboard with the idea of uh, working, you know, openly. Mm. It's it's a good point, but there are only so many hours in a week. Is it a case of reprioritizing for newsrooms to make time to to have this community outreach and to, and to engage? Could they be doing? Could they be using their time more wisely in order to do this? Well, I think it's just, it's not necessarily about working, you know, extra hours for this, but rather about changing your way of doing things. For example, uh, one of the things that we, you know, we try to do as a rule of thumb is, you know, when we start, uh, when we when we sort of have a spark for, uh, like a sparking idea for an article, then, you know, instead of, you know, going to experts and seeking their expertise, first, we'll ask our community and we ask, you know, the Uh, uh, what questions around the issue that we you know want to write about they have and what expertise they expertise they have and this is where we start so it doesn't you know add an element to you know what you do but it changes what you do so I think that's important. Mm. You've also produced this this playbook which is a, a way to help um, other publishers come to terms with some of these things we're talking about based on your experience from the last five years. Um, in, in your own words, why was it created and how can it how can it help other publishers? What are some of the key findings and takeaways in there? So, so the playbook was produced in a, a, a project funded by the European European Journalism Centre, um, and for us, I think the playbook was a way to rethink and restructure our engagement strategy because you know we have a lot of experience with engagement because. We've been doing this for a while, but, you know, in day-to-day -day business, it just gets messy and you need to sort of take a step back. Uh, and also, it was just a way to, you know, um, put our experience out there. And with regards to the content, I think um, it gives people a way to probably, you know, think about engagement in a structured way, in a more systematic way. Because engagement means reaching out, but how do you do that with everybody? I think that's one of the main questions that newsrooms have. Um, Because you can't just, you know, be in touch with every single of your, you know, subscribers or members. Uh, so I think the playbook gives you, is trying to give you a, a way to think about the right, finding the right tools for engagement. One of the insights, for example, was that different members, different of our members have different habits. They use different Uh, what we call different of our what we call touch points some you know will be in the comment section some will read our newsletters some be, will be reading articles and so you know they have different hab habits but really what was key here is that one of our touch point and that is surveys is different in some some sense because 
um, when we do surveys and we do surveys, you know, on different kinds of topics um, and at different sort of, you know, um, steps in our research process for a piece, um, you know, members will participate in the surveys, but only if it's interesting to them. So surveys create sort of an out of the habit experience for members on topics that they are, you know, that they care about, that are dear to them. And so surveys are, you know, have a special tool for us when it comes to engagement. And also we've seen with surveys that they also, um, that sort of the members that take part in surveys are more engaged. That is, they will, after doing a survey, they will be uh, reading more articles in the subsequent weeks and also more articles than compared to people, you know, who will comment. And then also that um, members who take part in surveys are actually sort of the more loyal members if you want to call it that that is their membership is just they, they stay members for a longer period of time on average and so that is why sort of we come to the conclusion in the playbook that service are key because uh, they reach many and the ones that you know the members that are engaged or they get members to engage and i think what the playbook then offers um, is uh, basically very thorough instruction of um, our manual of how we use surveys and how we recommend using them. And basically we here synthesized like a lot of the stuff that we had to learn hard by failing. Uh, can you can you expand on that? What did you learn by failing? So I think, for example, it's just, it's, it's actually like very nitty gritty detail stuff with surveys that, you know, like we often put out, we put out surveys quite often. And then sometimes we'll have surveys that, you know, don't get a lot of responses at all and people don't really seem to be interested in them although we think you know the questions that we ask are like very interesting questions and then other surveys get, will get a lot of responses turns out you know that you know if you ask questions that are very abstract although they might be interesting question to ask but you know don't really really relate to you know day-to-day -day experiences uh, that people have you know it's just that people won't be interested in the service. They won't be answering them. Uh, so example would be, um, we did a survey where we asked the question, um, when were you not the sort of uh, good person that you usually want to be? When did you not live up to your own moral standards, sort of? And we thought that was an interesting question to ask because, you know, in, in you know times where we talk a lot about, you know, uh, about CO2 emissions and not flying and all these sorts of things. That is just something that, you know, a question that we're exposed to. But it just turns out that wasn't really something that, you know, people could relate to or they didn't sort of didn't have a good answer to that or didn't weren't interested in that question. But then on the other hand, we did another survey, which basically, uh, which was about um, uh, sort of the decline of church memberships in Germany because less and less people go to church and become church members. Um, and then we simply asked ask people, what was the reason you ended or you cancelled your membership of the church? And we got a lot of responses. And it seems like a very sort of, you know, fundamental question or easy question to ask, but it was just something that related to people's, you know, experiences and, and maybe grievances also. And so these are the sort of lessons that we learned then, you know, that, you know, you need to be, you need to relate to tangible experiences. So you, you need to frame the question in a more specific way, in a way that's more direct to their lives in order to, elicit the kind of responses that will will further your your reporting right right yeah and there's there's plenty of lessons like also you know to have people to have people who re, to uh, give survey responses to have them maybe explain their answers because lots of the times you will get answers but if you haven't asked why they gave that answer or why that you know answer is dear to them or important to them 
then you'll often miss the important bits of the story that people tell you through surveys. Mm. You, you touched on your previous answer, the word members, and, and I'd like to dive a little bit more into the business side of engaged journalism. We're at a time when we're talking a lot about the sustainable future for journalism and alternatives to existing funding models, uh, and many people are also getting impatient about the amount of progress we're making here. How do you make engaged journalism pay? What is the business case behind it? The way I think about it is that um, everybody has subscriptions, right? Like, I think that's something we see more and more now, that people are building subscription models. And I think in a landscape where all these ex subscription models exist out there, it's hard to, you know, differentiate one from the other. Um, and their engaged journalism really offers something unique because you offer more than just good read. You offer influence over uh, what topics you read about, what you're interested uh, about, and you offer a sort of community as well, right? Because you suddenly know the people that write for you. They ask you questions. And so I think that's very much what people, I think, would call a unique selling point. Um, and, uh, yeah, like something, you know, that um, offers you more. Um, and... Um, I think then one obstacle that you only face there is that um, sort of you have to explain that to people, right? And um, that, you know, might seem like a hard thing. I mean, explaining engaged journalism, which I'm you know, trying to do here, and I think it's sometimes it's not an easy thing to do. Um, uh, but there also engagement can help you because engagement is another way to basically show people what you're about. If you offer somebody who is not one of your members, not or subscriber, whatever kind of model you have, if you show them how you do things, if you engage them before they even are a member on a topic they care about, then that's also something, you know, that's, that's, that's an interaction, I think that is very, very valuable because people then know who you are and they'll, be, they'll have a relation to you before, you even, before they even, you know, give money to you in some way. And, and do people truly buy into this idea? Can you can you back up what you've just said and provide any form of evidence that this is you know really really accelerating and, and working? I mean, on like a very on a meta level, I think like the simple existence of Crowd Report, I think, is a good uh, is is good evidence. We've been in the last years, we've been lucky to grow sort of, and um, we've had more and more members joining us, and I think. That's some evidence, our, our survival, but also our growth. Well, how, how, how much have you grown? I mean, we've hit, um, we've hit I can't give you the growth rates, but we've hit 12,000 members uh, just last week. And this is when last year, uh, oh no, sorry, in the mid of this year, um, we've uh, only been at 11,000 members. So we've been, we've been steadily grown over, uh, over the last couple of months. Uh, sorry, I cut you off in the middle of, of your last point. What were you going to say as well? Ah, and uh, yeah, I was just pointing again to the to the fact that I mentioned earlier that uh, we simply see that you know members that are engaged in you know our service or in whatever kind of way they just stay members for longer. And I think uh, when we look at you know the media landscape, one of the problems that you know news outlets struggle with in general is that um, people you know people ending their subscriptions, people dropping out of the subscriptions because they don't want to pay for it anymore or anything. So I think that's that's one of the sort of hard facts that we can point to, that, you know, engaged members are members for longer. Do you think increased engagement can reduce the amount of 
subscription cancellations and churn. Is that what you've seen? Yeah, that's, I think that's what I would argue from this fact. Yeah. And in, in general, we just, we see that uh, uh, we have, I think, you know, comparatively good uh, conversion rates. So um, as soon as people know us, you know, they convert to members fairly quickly. I think that's some of the things that we that we see and that's why we believe in Gaelish journalism. But I mean, like, don't get me wrong, there also is like very much an editorial side to this because I think the, what we first learned about engaged journalism isn't the member isn't the business lesson that's what we you know learned in the last couple of months but also is the editorial lesson of you know uh, engaged journalism giving giving you a tool to actually get the better spin on your stories get the spin that is relevant to your readers and um, know what questions are relevant to them and you know also get deeper insights because you know if you have 12,000 members you have 12,000 experts on some kind of topic and I think so it's it's really important to also you know see that this is an editorial um, step forward does does engagement only work when you are very dedicated like you are or like the correspondent or is there a way to make it work in a bit more of a fleeting approach uh, how it might be more typical in a in a local or a, or a regional or a national news news outlet or news publisher so i think there's ways to have a mix right um because um i mean lots of you know big newsrooms or also yeah regional newsrooms they'll you know i don't i don't expect uh, them to you know switch their whole business model to engage uh, journalism or the journalism model uh, also because it requires a big sort of you know shift in culture um but uh, you know it's good i think it's possible to just start with one story try to do to run one story in an engaged journalism sort of fashion. So I think you can do bits of what we do. And also, you know, even if you if you don't, you know, commit to going, you know, into a full story where, you know, do a survey and you let readers, you know, pick a topic and, you know, then you ask them what they care about within the topic, what questions they have. Um, you can also, I think one thing to do is also just to ask your readers what they think you should be reporting on and what they like about you, what the suggestions they have for your newsroom, because all of this is really, you know, about, you know, narrowing the distance between your newsroom and the reader. And I think every step you take into that direction is super valuable because you actually get to understand your readers. Mm, that's a great point. My, my final question for you, Leon, would be kind of your best advice for taking audience engagement sort of to the next level at a newsroom where that idea might not be so ingrained? What would be your best piece of advice? I think very much in line with uh, what I was trying to, trying what I'm trying to get at the playbook is do a survey. Like, you know, take a topic, uh, maybe a topic that you're lost with, that, you know, um, have done lots of reporting about and you still think it's relevant, but, you know, you're not sure where this is going. And then ask your readers, what questions are we missing in this or what questions are you interested in when it comes to that topic? And then also maybe what is your experience with this expertise in it maybe also? And then talk to your readers that have expertise on it. And then, and I think that's very important, be transparent about what you've done. Show the process of collaboration, make it visible because that's very important because if you do engage journalism, this has to sort of, you know, show in some sense um, yeah, I think that that would be my recommendation. Start with one issue. Great advice. And I really enjoyed um, interrogating, if you will, uh, some of the ideas behind engaged journalism. But I think I've 
taken away just the importance of being in, intentional about this idea because uh, as, as I think you've demonstrated it has a lot of potential not just as a business case but an editorial one uh, Leon thanks so much for all of your time doing this uh, and um, yeah we'll keep one eye on the playbook and and see if we can talk to you in the future thanks lovely talking to you Jacob thanks of course to you at home or on the commute for tuning in if you like what you heard please tune in next week before I leave you, a quick reminder that our News of Wired conference is taking place in less than two weeks and there are just a handful of tickets left. It's on the 27th of November at Reuters in London and you don't want to miss out on great panels on regaining trust with your audience through a diverse newsroom, workshops on how to develop constructive journalism reporting and much more for the full agenda and tickets. Head over to newswired.com. Last but not least, if you'd like to feature on the podcast or on the website, you know where to find us. Email one of the team or DM us on Twitter at Journalism News. That's all from me this week. Until next time. <laughs>